football. In general. Hello, everybody. This is uh, your boy Robbie Kays coming back in the saddle here, along with my friend Trevor Koppel here. Hey, Trevor Koppel, and this is football in general. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it feels good to be back on the airwaves and your earwax and just back talking about football, <laughs> man. I tell you, I tell you what, there's no grab ass here. Although we're kind of grab assing right now. Feet, no feet up on the table. No, uh, no foot massages or anything else. We're just going to be strictly talking about football and what better way to do it than jumping right into it and talking about the, uh, well, let's 2020. Uh, I said it and I just got goosebumps saying 2020. Yeah, that's right. Uh, everybody, I'm sure, is very excited for the 2021 season. want to kind of put last year behind us as fast as we can. Uh, but it was a really interesting year now that it's all over. Yeah, that's kind of putting it lightly. Um, yeah. <laughs> interesting and like a dark, just really gritty something that we all kind of put in the back of our brain sort of way. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, and I mean kind of <laughs> it was – I think the more distance you get from it, the more special it becomes. People mm. people kind of forget how, how close we were to not having a 2020 season even after it started. Um, things, things were so uncertain from start to finish that, uh, it's, it's, I'm a little impressed that it worked out as well as it did by the time the Super Bowl was said and done. Yeah. I got to tell you the, it was pretty wild. I mean, like just like starting off with it. I mean, so we're in March, right? And just after the, the Super Bowl, after the chiefs won and, uh, nothing different right everybody goes out to the bar celebrates it has a great time all of a sudden middle of march uh quarantine yeah <laughs> you know like okay so uh immediately the first thing i thought and of course this is just me being selfish even though i work in healthcare, i'm not going to be able to watch football next year no i i know what you mean and it really depends on who you were listening to day to day you know things were going to be fine by fourth of july or you know things are never going to be the same again and uh things are certainly changed that's that's undeniable but uh you know whether it was you know that summer or the the canceled preseason games rescheduling games uh, you just kind of wondered, you know, are we going to have football? And when we had football, is it going to fall off the tracks? Uh, are we going to make it all the way through the playoffs? And uh, and we did. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did. Amazingly. <laughs> like, yeah, how, yeah. how? And you it know, was and, it was crazy. Yeah, man. You know, and like the worst thing for me, especially being from New England, like, you know, shameless plug here. If you listen to the podcast before, I guarantee you'll know like I'm a shameless New England Patriots fan. Quarantine happens May, March 15th. Two days later, Brady signs in. <laughs> Sorry, just if you're. <laughs> I had to see the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yeah, yeah, logo had to get flashed up on our our Zoom here. So, to those of you who might see this on video or what have you, but either way, um, Brady signs a two-year contract. Tom Brady, excuse me, signs two-year contract with Tampa Bay. Literally two days later, on March 17th. Yeah, broke my heart. I'm sure that was rough for you, Rob. But you know, it's it's Tampa Bay's turn now. <laughs> Everybody gets one, right? <laughs> you're only, you're only getting one, Tampa. Did you hear that? You're getting one, and you happen to be at your own stadium. And yeah, anyway, and that, that's yeah. that's one more thing that was really special about that season, and that was a little bit of a heartbreak for me. Right. Um, when you think back to the 2017 Vikings and they were on a real tear um, and they had a chance to play the first ever home game Super Bowl. And uh, last year, Tampa Bay did it and they won and uh, never been done before. Yeah. Hopefully it will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I'm uh, you could tell I'm a little. uh you know, a little, little sour. So my grapes have been uh, sitting out a little too long. So, uh, yeah, 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 I know. Uh, so with, with that being said, like, we hit that March 25th comes, right? You, I'm taking you through a history right now. I mean, 
and like Trevor said, we're going to look back at this season and with like almost, so it's going to sound strange, but like maybe some rose colored glasses in the next 10 or 15 years. So it's like, you know, it's really wild. But March 25th hits, all teams are instructed to shut down their facilities. Any medical treatment you're getting from any of the teams, done. You can't get any, uh, in, um, what do they call it, elective surgeries no, or anything yeah. like that. If you were planning yeah. a surgery on a tendon or a joint, it, right. it's it's postponed indefinitely. Right. Uh, you know, no no more going into team facilities. Some of the some of the veterans that have been in the league for ten years and are used to coming in in the off season to these amazing NFL facilities, all of a sudden they're back in their, I don't know, junior college days training at home. You know, <laughs> Uh, just, you know, no one to motivate them, but themselves. Uh, right. it's a big, uh, it's a big change. Yeah. Yeah, man. And here we are. I mean, all of us experience quarantine one way or the other. I mean, either, even if you work in healthcare fields, maybe you work from home, right? If you're a social worker or case manager, some peripheral sort of job there. And, and honestly, 75% of you just went home, you know, that's all you could right. do for months. And so think about the NFL, right? Like a, a, a league that literally never ends has overcome so much adversity, has um, never shut down their seasons, you know, never lost season because of a strike or what have you. And, you know, here we are <laughs> in a March, everybody at home, you know, keep talking on Zoom, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> sharing each other's screens. You know, this is what, what play we're going to run. OK, and like show me the pass, the pass route in your living room. <laughs> like, right. it was, <laughs> you know, let's do some form tackling on your kids or something. No, I, I joke, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild, man. Think about thinking back about it, you know, it's pretty wild. Um, what was your impression in terms of the season? Did you think we were going to have one in, in April or March last year? You know, uh, I really did tend to be an optimist at the time. Um, because of the lockdown and, and how seriously everyone was taking it at that time. Uh, you know, I had, I had watched, uh, you know, looked in, I was watching the draft and leading up to the draft more closely than I ever mm -hmm. had before. Um, because the, the feeling was we just need to get through this and flatten the curve and then we'll, uh, we'll have normalcy again. So that's what I wanted to believe. And, uh, and through the summer, it kind of went back and forth on that as to whether or not we could expect to have a regular season or, or if things were going to be back to normal in time. And, uh, there was definitely a feeling that if, if we were going to have football, that it meant that we were past the hump with COVID there, there was unimaginable that we would be able to have a regular scheduled NFL season with the lockdown that we were dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, and I, we were talking about this off the air a little bit. Like part of me is really happy that football came back. And obviously once again, I'm, I don't know, I'm uh, selfish to a large degree in that sense. But like at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute, how do you protect 50 some odd guys, hundred bajillion guys on the field from each other? If this is a, global pandemic and they're tackling each other and they're right each other's face masks and spit and blood and broken bones and you know it's like i don't know oh yeah well and it was definitely it was definitely a new dimension of of empathy for the players you know how right. do they feel about it would they rather play right. than not play and uh you know some of them you know nothing's coming to mind. Maybe you can recall some of the players that decided to take the, there was like an opt out yeah. COVID opt out. They yeah. Didn't play. Um, a lot of, yeah. a lot of college players didn't right. play that year. Um, right. Well, it's like, you know, I think in, in once again, going back to being like a, a Patriots fan, like, you know, you, we didn't, our defensive and captain Dante Hightower didn't play. Patrick Chung didn't play. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm spacing on names here, <laughs> but you know, and, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, there were several players in play and even in college, like some of the top draft picks out of this past draft, Panay Sewell didn't play for Oregon, you know, um, right. and some, some big 10 wasn't even supposed to be playing in that the conference itself wasn't even supposed to be around, you know? So it's like, 
we're, we're lucky. You know, once again, I say it again, we're lucky we had a season. We should all be very grateful <laughs> that we had some form of entertainment <laughs> while we're at home, you know, and it, it prevented us from killing each other and from being too close to one another. At least we could go sneak away and watch football for a bit. Um, however, you know, at the same time, like, it's weird because once again, we were talking about this off air, like, you know, when I watch football and I noticed I heard the ratings were down this year significantly, like when you're watching football in 2020 during the during COVID, like there's no fans in the stadium. They're piping in crowd noise. Right. So like, you know. Right. And and there were there were novel moments when that was, you know, interesting. Like uh, if, if you saw the Denver Broncos uh the end zone was completely filled with cardboard cutouts from, uh, from right. South Park. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Yes. That was fun. Uh, but at the same time, the empty stadiums right. were sad. Uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but just like, it's just a reflection that we're getting like through this conversation. Like I, 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 I don't know. It's um, like I said, 2020 gave me goosebumps. Like thinking about it makes me a little sick. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like, you know, uh, uh, just a tiny bit ill, you know? And so like, I, I don't know, it, you know, even the weirdest thing you you brought up the draft and like, once again, it's funny because the draft did higher um, TV ratings than the actual season did, you know, on a per game basis. And we watched the draft yeah. with Roger Goodell calling people's names out in his basement. <laughs> with a right. gumball machine or something <laughs> and for the first time ever he was spared from being booed you know <laughs> right. you know and he just looked like such a tool like uh, you know he, ha- he has tv on in the background uh, you know and this is just me real quick sidebar here for a second don't you uh, uh, we're talking about an nfl commissioner who makes 50 million dollars a year you do th- do you think maybe his his basement looked a little nicer than that I, you think? I wonder if it was even his basement. Uh, they're trying to humanize him, <laughs> right? He's I don't trying know. Trying to bring him down to the fans level. Well, okay, Roger, we're, we're going to send you yeah. send you to this average Joe's basement. You know, we're going to rent out his house for a couple of days. You know, <laughs> we're going to make you look real, <laughs> real good on this one. Yeah, he, he's he's a tool. <laughs> but you know, it, <laughs> anyway, I, I loved the um, my favorite part of the draft. And you know, once again, just trying to take some sort of humanity or some sort of humor out of this like bill belichick and his dog nike like he's in his nantucket home and nike's like at the computer like making the like the draft pick so to speak uh, that was awesome you know it's just you know yeah. bill comes over you know and he's just this, this is funny you know this is funny so um any any memories you can remember from the draft i i mean the thing my biggest takeaway was being really jealous of uh the uh, Cowboys and the Buccaneers, they they got some college players that I was really excited about. Uh, mm. CeeDee Lamb to mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Um, uh, and uh, what, what's his name? For who? Uh, so for – I'm trying to think now. His father played for the Vikings. Antoine Winfield. Uh, yeah. And the, yeah. And thank yeah. you. I was wanting to say Antoine <laughs> Smith. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Antoine Winfield right. Jr., uh, I, I I knew right away these two rookies were going to be huge impacts right. on their teams, and uh, and they yeah. didn't disappoint. Um, I just I wish they were oh, playing so for my totally team. <laughs> um, did you like uh, Did you like the Justin Herbert pick for LA? Uh, I mean, oh, a little hesitancy there. Oh. Yes, okay. yes, I did. Uh, it definitely seemed to work out for them. I, he wasn't a prospect that, you know, it, it's a lot harder to consume college football uh, the way you can consume all of the NFL. So there's there's always players that feel overhyped to me in the draft because I didn't get to follow them in college at the college level. And Justin Herbert was one of those for me. I just, he, he was not on my radar. Um Definitely turned out to be a great pick. Um, got a bright future. Okay, so. how about Justin Jefferson? Talking about Pro Bowler first year. Wow, uh, Justin Jefferson, like you said, he's an amazing player. Um, I, I was really excited to get that guy. Um, you know, trading trade. Do we? Yeah, trading Stephon Diggs 
uh, that was heartbreaking as a Vikings fan. Uh, he's such a magical talent and he can, I mean, the, the Minneapolis miracle, all that stuff, you know, that was, that was simply him doing that on the biggest spotlight. We, we see him do that stuff every other week, make those kinds of plays. And so losing him, we, we had to address that right away. And with a rookie, uh, you never know that they're going to be that guy at the next level. And wow, I mean, Justin Jefferson had one of the greatest rookie seasons at the wide position, wide receiver mm-hmm. position ever. Um, and so it feels like we, you know, we can kind of let our breath back out when it comes to our wide receiver core with that yeah. pick alone. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so wild. Yeah, you know, it's you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> but yet you got you got you got the money back right, in your right. pocket. I mean, it's just it's so. So wild uh, that, you know, that they can literally trade. I mean, and, and he arguably, I mean, you could make a, an argument that, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Stefan Diggs was probably the most valuable player in the league last year, considering where Buffalo went a- oh, afterwards. Um, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. a lot of ways. Right. Absolutely. You know, and they replaced him a guy um, just, you know, casually catches a hundred balls for 1400 yards. <laughs> Here's a rookie, okay. 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. So yeah, really, I I think the sky's the limit yeah. for both those yeah. guys right now. Uh, I, I tell you, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Um, Jordan Love being drafted by Green Bay. That you know, I'm a little biased when it comes to the uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, I hate them, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, covers. right now yeah. that <laughs> that uh, that caused some controversy for a lot of my Packer friends. And uh, and I reveled in it, you know. I was like, "Oh yeah, you guys are gonna tear yourselves apart just arguing about whether or not they made the right move. Who, you know, could could Jordan Love possibly fill the shoes of of Aaron Rodgers one day? Um, how soon is that day gonna come? Uh, a, a controversy that's just gotten hotter recently. So it. yeah, um, yeah. Any picks that were outside of the first round that you have some sort of just love for? You know, I'm sure there were. Uh, it's it's been so long now, but uh, you know, I, I I felt that both. I already mentioned it, the Cowboys and Tampa Bay. I thought they they both got great value in their uh, the depth of their their uh, drafts. You know, I, I thought they got interesting players. Almost Let me every go with round. one. I really liked. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I just lost name. I'm, my apologies, folks. Um, you you know, I always think Baltimore drafts really well every every year. Sure. And yeah. uh, I don't know something about their front office. They went from uh, uh, Ozzie Newsom, right? He was last year as GM was right. last year, um, and now they have a new guy in, in the in the house, and. They got Devin Duvarney from uh, Texas, wide receiver from Texas. And I know they picked two receivers this year in the drafts, one of the right in the first round, right at the end of the first round, and then another one, I think, um, third or fourth round. Um, I I don't know. I, I and, and, you know, the first round talent receivers usually come on really strong. And then I feel like right. some of them take two uh, or three years to develop. De- De- Devin Duvarney, right. well, 92nd pick in the third round. Correct love me. The, love the pick. Correct me if I'm wrong. Devin Duvarney, he's one of these really tall, physical wideouts. Uh, Texas had like three of them. These, these, you know, Julio Jones type mm-hmm. wide receivers. Uh, Devin Duvarney had speed to yes. go with it. Yeah. And I feel like he's one of these amazing athletes that didn't get to reach his potential right. in college. Um, he just the opportunities weren't there. Uh, he didn't have, you know, uh, you know, a Kyler Murray slinging yeah. the ball down the field. Uh, That's fair. So, yeah. uh, no, I think uh, I think these guys they put in the work. They learn their route running at the higher level, and 
you could yeah. see big things from him. Yeah, for sure. I also liked uh, coming back to Minnesota here for a second, and this isn't like a love hour or anything about Minnesota, but I think they're they're. <laughs> although you'd want it to be Trevor, but there, I, I <laughs> we could go we could do that all night. Right? How much time you got, pal? Uh, um, I just really like what they do in the front office, and Chris Spielman's like, I mean, he played he he played in the NFL several years, right? Um, so excellent track record as a GM and I love their pick Cameron Dantzler cornerback from Mississippi State SEC player um and I sound like uh, <laughs> sound like uh what's his name uh Todd McShay or the you know Mel Kuyper over here SEC player uh <laughs> really good at getting coffee you know right in my hand uh no I, I just I, I like Cameron Dantzler anybody from the SEC really but Mississippi State I think he's physical he's a wide body he's no. got a, quite the reach he can play against really like tight ends big wide receivers I don't think he's like a like a slot guy by any means but 6'2 188 so no. a guy a great guy on the edge absolutely and he had two interceptions his first year um was basically like he could have easily made an all rookie team if there was one, you know, and love the pick. right, right. I I think it was yeah. a great pick. Uh, you know, the Vikings have a long way to go to rebuild the the defense of right. a few years ago, and uh, I think when you're trying to build the defense, getting your your really anybody on that side of the ball, but especially your your DBs, getting those guys from the SEC. Uh, it's almost like yeah. you can't go yeah, wrong. Yeah, totally. Um, I just thought, I mean, you know, and he, it's a consequence of having the situation Minnesota did at cornerback, but he played early and played really well. So, I mean, not really well, but he's right. a rookie. He played as good as you can expect from a rookie cornerback in the NFL during a COVID year <laughs> where there's no training camps and OTAs right. and rookie mini camps and all this crap, you know. Um, and then one last guy, Legereus Sneed, fourth rounder from Kansas City. He started in the Super Bowl. Um, safety, Louisiana Tech, small school, but I thought he had some really big plays in the season. He had three interceptions in his first year. Safety, once again, and a season where nobody expected any rookie to make any impact. I, I, I think the, I, I mean, the way the game is played in college now, uh, there's always going to be rookies that come right in and uh mm-hmm. and pick it up and by the end of their by at least by the end of their first season uh right. they're playmakers yeah yeah and for these guys like their rookie their mini camps are i mean it's kind of like throw the wood to the fire you know and see what happens and this is right. basically what happened to these guys last season i think if anybody played well in a covid year rookie wise you know i i think they got a bright future ahead of them needless to say you know it's just my right. my opinion. So, um, so that's the 2020 draft. You got any other thoughts about some of the things we saw back back last? Well, it might have been the end of April. Anything like that? I mean, yeah. Just again, we you know thinking of, at that point, thinking about the 2020 season, it was like someone was flipped a coin and you were still waiting right. for it to come down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we didn't even know it was going to happen. These guys getting picked. Like, okay, they're signing contracts, but who knows if they're even going to. <laughs> Could we wait right. a whole year to see these guys in the field? And then what, 2021 draft? And no, nah, it was a, a bullet we all dodged. Thank God. <laughs> so um, right. I, so some notable signings from that offseason, just real quick. I'm not going to like, obviously, just in terms of brevity and time here. Um, I loved Cleveland's offseason last year, Cleveland Browns. And they got Jack Conklin from Tennessee. Um Former All-Pro right tackle really solidified that offensive line, and Kareem Hunt and uh, and, and um, why am I help me out here, Trevor? <laughs> running running backs to Cleveland. Well, I yeah. mean, it, it's you know the the Cleveland Browns that we know now. You know that the whole team was put together so fast. Uh, Nick Chubb, by the way. Sorry. I mean. Right. Nick Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, there might be, you know, arguably are might be the best running back duo in the league. Um, they can certainly go the distance. Um, and then, you know, the wide receiver group, uh, they got Baker Mayfield, the protection he needs, and also mm-hmm. on defense with Miles uh, mm-hmm. Garrett and, uh, gosh, help me out, who'd they bring in at corner? Um, 
Hold, hold on, folks. I, I, but you, you, you see my point. They, they put this. <laughs> We're working through it. I mean, the, the the Cleveland Browns that we know now, they basically threw right. this team together oh, in the definitely. last three years. Yeah. No, you're um, right. Yeah. And and you know, and they had that weird season with uh, yeah. the interim head Denzel coach. Ward. Right. And yeah, so that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Denzel mm-hmm. Ward, thank you. Took, yeah. Took his ball. So. Um and then yeah, that that season with the I feel like the thing that really brought it home after all these huge upgrades to both sides of their roster was bringing in one of my favorites, Kevin oh, Stefanski. Great hire. Um, yeah. I mean, that we, as a Vikings fan, we just we knew he was destined for great things. We wanted to keep him in charge of our offense for as mm-hmm. long as we could, uh, because the the guy just understands football. He understands players. He understands matchups, and he really showed them. I mean, he he showed everybody what he could do with the right squad totally. last year. Yeah, yeah, great hire. And you know, the guy is just he's an offensive whiz. I mean, he took Baker Mayfield and turned him into uh, one of the uh, highest QBRs in the league. I think he was like uh, right outside top ten, you know, uh, ten or eleven. And oh, yeah. that's that that's a season where Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt probably when you know the first half of the well, season. You know, and, and this this is not even this might not even be the most impressive season he's had coaching. It's his first mm-hmm. year as a head coach, but. He he got to the NFC Championship game with right. Case Keenum, you know. He he got he he got Sam Bradford's by far best season of totally. his career, all due to Kevin Stefanski, and he did it with with not a great mm-hmm. O line, you know. He he finds a way to get the most out of what he's working with, and it's yeah. just impressive. Yeah, great coach. Um, I've heard a lot of people say Tampa, uh, excuse me, uh, Tampa. They're still on my mind. <laughs> Get them out of my head. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland is, uh, you know, arguably a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender this year. And like, a lot, I've seen some like ESPN pundits pick them as, um, you know, like the AFC representative this year, 2021. I, I don't think that it's the stretch that a lot of people right. might think that it is. Um, I mean. If if you're too dug into the Browns' history, and if you're too bought in on uh, you know on the the magic that is Patrick Mahomes at the moment, then it seems like it seems a little ridiculous. But I don't think that it is. I think the Browns have all the pieces in place. Um, There's certainly I wouldn't say that they're a standout favorite. But I don't think anybody should be surprised if they're in totally. the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Uh, another team I thought had a really good offseason last year, Miami. The Miami Dolphins, second year um, under their current head coach, came from New England, right? Surprise. You know, I know. Right. That's the old, right. uh, the old uh, New England carousel there. Um, Brian Flores. I mean, I, he's like an old school coach. He, honestly, his demeanor on the sideline reminds me of like Bill Parcells. And I hate Bill Parcells. But <laughs> in this case, is a good thing, you know. Um, they went out and got some guys, had a really good draft. So you got Byron Jones, Calvin Noy, who they cut, but that is what it is. Shaq Lawson they cut, too. I don't really know what happened there. But um, right. I just think right. he's a great head coach, man. I think he's got the right mentality. They got Tua. Um, they got some receivers in this draft. We'll, all, we'll preview these things on episodes down the line, but this is just kind of like uh, foreshadowing, if you will. So, No, I, I think uh... – I think people are starting to see, I know that, you know, a couple years ago, three years ago, uh, there for a while, it really didn't make sense. They, they, it seemed like, oh, Miami's just trying to screw things up, letting their best players go. Um, but uh, you're starting to see now that they were looking down the road, years down the road, and now they're cashing in on all this draft capital and they've got, They've got a young defense that they like that isn't too expensive, and they're they're really coming along. They're getting they, their defense always finishes much stronger than they started in a season uh, these last two seasons. So I think they're doing a lot of things right, but I also think whether or not they're going to end up where they want to be, it still all comes down to whether or not Tua 
is going to be the player that they want him to be. Um, he, I, to me, Tua is still a pretty big question mark. Uh, not, not. Ju- I mean, I, the kid is undeniably talented. I, the, the potential is absolutely there, but whether or not he can reach his potential and stay healthy is a question mark. That's to me. fair. Yeah, and he, you know, he's he's what six one, two ten. He's not like a big quarterback, which means you know. If he takes hits, like we saw in Alabama, and Alabama had the best offensive line in the country, you know, in college football, you know, nonetheless, um, I think there's a decent chance that like he, he he takes the wrong hit, he can get hurt, you know. And they don't have a guy like Fitzpatrick there this year to right. sort of like carry the load. It's his team now, you know. So right now, to his to his big injury right. was his hip. And I don't think that that has the same stigma of once you once you hurt it, it's just going right. to keep getting hurt the way you have with like a knee or an ankle or something. Um, so so maybe I'm being a little unfair with no, the injury it's thing. Probably fair, but I mean, uh, you know it is what it is. You know, but he you know he he definitely in before the hip injury he was a complete dual threat quarterback. Um, and he still could be, but you you got to wonder if he still got the legs after that. Hor- I mean, the hip right. injury was yeah, bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm sure he can still move around real well, and and we know that he can play from the pocket. He's a precision passer, but uh, whether or not he can still come outside the pocket the way he used to, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our twenty. 20- 2020 offseason wrap up (laughs) you know it it was there's there's not a lot we can really say i I think in hindsight obviously we see everything in 2020 now we just touched base on the teams that did really well we all know the teams that do do, did bad they always do bad so i mean there's no point talking about the jets or the giants or the you know um raiders or anything like that i mean they're just (laughs) going to be perennial cellar dwellers and they'll just move on you know so um, what did you think? I'm going to just, we'll pop into week one in 2020 season. This, this really like drove me nuts. Uh, week one, Thursday, September 10th kickoff, watching the game. Didn't know fans were going to be at the stadium. I saw 16,000 fans in the stadium in September. No vaccine, no, inf- <laughs> still social distancing collectively around the country for the most part. What were your feelings with that first game in Thursday, September 10th, 2020? You know, it it was a bit confusing. Yeah, right. um, it's Kansas City. You know, though, it, yeah, you know that's right. I, as as an optimist, as an optimist, I want to think, yeah, things things are going to be back yeah. to normal soon. Uh, you know, but uh, at the same time, we uh, we really weren't right. there yet. And, you know, we, we do live in a, a free country, free society. People can make their own choices. Uh, you know, I, had I the opportunity to go to one of those games, I'm not sure that I could turn it down. Uh, it would have been a gamble. Uh, most, most things are, but that's a certain, certainly a gamble going out to a, a stadium like that with a bunch of screaming fans uh, September 2020. So... I think it is what it is, and uh, some people were probably, uh, to some degree, appropriately worried about yeah. what they saw. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're yeah, we're just we we haven't you know assembled more than like a, a maybe a hundred, two hundred people in, at a time, and yet we get sixteen thousand in the stadium. A- anyway, you know that, that was, it was surprising to me. Um, maybe when I tear my hair out because I just thought, you know, in the interest of playing a, a full season successfully why why are we jumping right into this immediately there's no reason to have that many fans that soon you know so um it's just right. once again my opinion but it right, rightfully so right that's why that's why i host a podcast because i can talk that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> so yeah right you're, you're gonna listen to it you nimrods you know um you know and so week three first positive player test um, New York Giants, right? No surprise. Uh, week four, <laughs> 23 players tested positive the virus. Pittsburgh, Tennessee gets moved. First game ever. 
other than maybe caused by uh, weather that a, a game has been moved in NFL history like that. So, right. Yeah. Mess. No, it was, it was historic and it was, it was the first mm-hmm. of several. Um, I, I want to say there was, wasn't there one game that didn't get played? I, I believe, uh, no, they all played them. They just moved around. Yes. They got, yeah. they all got played, but man, at, at one point you started to feel like, man, if, if they have to reschedule any more games, we're not going to, we're not going right. to be able to play them all. And are, are we going to make it to the end of the regular season or is this thing going to totally. fall off the rails? Yeah. And right. And then you go week five, New England, Kansas City, Cam Newton doesn't play, you know, tested positive right last second. Right. That game got moved to Tuesday anyway because of COVID <laughs> and Cam still can't play. And, you know, we watch Brian Hoyer just completely crap his pants at the goal line. And calls timeout, doesn't have, and throws an interception, and yeah, that's you know, well, I'll talk to my therapist about that later, so don't worry, I won't, I won't air it on here, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and then moving into that, like you know, just moving way far ahead, week twelve, Denver four quarterbacks all get COVID or test positive for it. Oh my god! They gosh. play a receiver that was, at quarterback. Uh, How wild was that? That was pretty interesting. Uh, I you know, being being in Denver at the time. Uh, that was a really interesting. I mean, list, just listening to them talk about it on Denver Sports Radio was really entertaining because um, you know the the guy had a really great story, and you just kind of felt like it, looking at it in a positive light. It's one of the more special things that happened in light of this horrible pandemic. Um, and did it really matter that much? Because the Denver Broncos quarterback situation is always it's it's a perennial mess at this right. point, anyways. So even even the Bronco fans, I think, were like, you know, screw hey, it, let's see hell, what right? he can do. Can't be worse than Drew Locke. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness, that guy That's is right. brutal. Um, and 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 all the you know Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, ever since their Super Bowl, it's just been a revolving door of you know. Let's keep our fingers crossed until Seriously. he lets us down. Uh, so to let this this wide receiver off the practice squad take snaps in an NFL game, yeah, it was special. Yeah. Kind of just twenty twenty and and personified. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean that's what it was. You know, it was just twenty twenty personified. Um, real quick, uh, I want to talk about this game. I won't go too deep into it, but I really enjoyed it because I watched it live. Um, Tampa Bay, L.A., Chargers. Don't know what week was off the top of my head. I'm trying to find it. I'm having a hard time here. Um, did you get a chance to watch that game? Tampa Bay I'm versus sorry, which LA. one? Chargers. It was like week 10 or 11. You know, I don't think okay. I caught that so, one. So um, I just loved it because it was classic Brady game. So L.A. comes into uh, – Tampa Bay comes in L.A. Brady throws a pick six. Tampa, uh, L.A. goes up 21 nothing. Brady comes back. They tie it up. L.A. goes back down the field, makes it 28-21, 31-21. Brady comes all the way back and wins the game 30, 35-28 in the fourth quarter. I just – I loved that game so much. Um, you, and and then uh, late no, uh, middle November, Buffalo versus Arizona. Buffalo in Arizona. And Kyle Murray throws the Hail Mary to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and Amazing. that one I I love watching the the replay on that. If you see the the camera that stays on Kyler Murray, he's never actually got to see it anywhere but mm-hmm. on a screen because even in real time, he he gets knocked out of bounds and he watches the catch on the right. jumbotron, uh, which was just really <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was a it was a twenty twenty moment uh, once again in a nutshell. Like literally, you know, yeah. Um, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we didn't mention him. Probably the best, other than Stephon Diggs, two two guys that changed their teams completely. I mean, uh, just could arguably oh, yeah. be MVP as well. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was unfortunately, uh, but you know, you know how that works, yeah. right? Right? You, do? you know, it's uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, um, love that game. Those are two of my favorite games going into the playoffs. Um, how did you feel about the playoff format this year? Or 2020, excuse me. You know, I yeah. On you know when when they first came out with it, I uh, I didn't have real strong feelings either way. I kind of thought why why change it? Um, 
But uh, it, it really is, I think, one of the things that makes being a fan of the NFL so much fun is that your team your team just needs to make the playoffs and then anybody you know that makes it to the playoffs is capable of going on a run and walking away with the championship uh, and now there's just more teams get mm-hmm. that chance it's it's not an extra week of games there's just more games and one less one less right. bye week um, so I think uh, I think it's great how much did uh, I, I'm looking forward to the first seven seed that goes all the way. That would be really That'll cool, be great. right? Um, how much yeah. did you love Baker Mayfield taking it to Ben Roethlisberger at home? And, and no, sorry, in Pittsburgh. Oh, in the first so round. <laughs> no, so I thought that that was one of the best things in in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I really liked how it all shaked out, but that was an important game to me. That's definitely. Uh, in a lot of ways that was bigger for that organization than the Super Bowl itself uh, because they, they had to beat, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They had to beat Pittsburgh last game of the right. regular season right. to get in and then to turn right around and beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh was mm-hmm. huge. It was huge. And a lot of people didn't think they could do it. Um, you know, I think uh, Pittsburgh had the had an even bigger advantage in that playoff matchup. Um, did did Roethlisberger he threw play like three interceptions in week in the first seventeen? Quarter. Oh, sorry, week seventeen. But but uh, the week seventeen I, I game. I don't think so. No, no. I want to no, say that no. he didn't play that game, and so everybody was saying, you know, oh well, they'll have to play Ben Roethlisberger next week, and they'll be out in the right. first round. Right. So you know, for the Browns to go there and win the way they did uh, and for Roethlisberger to not be a difference mm-hmm. maker at all. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a big shift in a tough right. division. I, I liked personally. I loved, I loved the format and having that extra game on, I don't know what, I think it was three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, back to back to back. It was if you're a football fan, yeah, you get a okay. You're obviously concerned about like the watered down nature of a playoff game. Okay, now there's three of them per day. It's another team. Who? Okay, shut up. Just shut up. No, just just <laughs> no. Just, I, just, I, okay, it's more football. It, they have it has stakes. You no, have another well, reason I, to go drink beer with I mean, your buddies honestly, and eat, eat more food. You know, just to get get your fat ass on the couch and just watch the damn game. You know, <laughs> like just. just no, I, I think the playoffs I think the playoffs yeah. are always the best, you know. Um, you know, people will argue and say, Oh, there's there's always a division winner that doesn't belong there, you know, NFC East right. type of stuff. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, Although t- t- Taylor Heineke almost beat Brady, you know. And I, I right, inspired right. And, performance. And that's what yeah. I mean. For the for the most part, when you're watching the NFL playoffs, you're watching the best teams play their right. best games. And uh, if, if you can't get excited about that, then I don't know what to tell sure. you. It's it's the yeah. best football. No, you're, you're right. Um, one game I liked out of the wild card, I'll try to move this along. I'm sorry. It's just uh, reminiscing about some of this stuff is, uh, I don't know. It was a different season. So especially with the Patriots in the playoffs. Watched all, yes, I watched all the games. Okay. You know, I'm not that kind of football fan. Um, love the Buffalo Indianapolis game first round, probably my favorite game. And they were all really competitive other than Chicago, New Orleans, which was horrible. Probably one of the worst games I'd watched all year. Um, Indy, Phil Rivers, careers on the line, right? Um, right. Had a last second drive. I think there was like a really, uh, sort of debatable pass interference call that wasn't called in that game. A few of them, if I'm not mistaken. Josh Allen gets his first uh, his first playoff win too. It was pretty cool, you know, and especially being an AFC East guy. Um, second, obviously divisional round. Buffalo plays Baltimore. Uh, not much to remember. Remember from that one, seventeen to three. So I don't. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the Buffalo, Buffalo defense, defense yeah. really. I mean, they really lived up to the right. hype in that game. Uh, you know, we we knew they had a good defense. Uh, Baltimore can be absolutely electric mm-hmm. on offense uh 
but Buffalo played their game and just it, it by the end it was yeah. not even close. Yeah, right. So uh, Kansas City and Cleveland, I love that game too. It's probably one of my favorite games this season because uh, Mahomes gets hurt, right? Uh, right. Uh, Chad Henney comes in <laughs> and gets that first down on that scramble where he just ducks for the uh, – he tries to go for the, the first down, right, on the sidelines, and he jumps out for it, and then they end up running the ball, quarterback sneak, and they win the game. Um, but Cleveland came back and almost won that game. Mahomes got hurt once again, so there's kind of an asterisk there. But one of my favorite games of the season, easily, you know. No, and and like I said, the the playoffs are yeah. pretty special, and I and I was really happy with the playoffs last year. By the time you make it to that round, you know Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland, Kansas City. I really feel beyond a doubt that those were the four best teams in the right. AFC that year. And at this point, it's like, well, I know who I want to advance, but I'm not going to be disappointed Definitely. with any of right, them. Right, right, yeah. Like this is the best compromise I could possibly get. Um, the bittersweet yeah. game, Tampa and New Orleans, Drew Brees, man. Drew Brees. Looked like a shell of himself. Right. He, looked, he, he just had his first name, Drew. He didn't have his last name, Brees. Nothing was a Brees in that game. Right. So, I mean, Drew Brees, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the greats. Um, there's really I, – I don't think that there's anything wrong with the way it ended for him. He, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Um I think he still has currently the uh, single season completion uh, percentage record rate, uh, yep. all time record. Um, you know, just an incredibly impressive career for that guy. And oh my God, what he means to the people of that city is just uh, totally. immeasurable. But uh, football is football, and they just, I, I, I was impressed with the game that they played because I didn't think they yeah. stood a chance. Against Tampa, um, that, that was that's right. I, I really think that Tampa Bay and I, it's it's a little cliche mm. to say it at this point. The defense, the defense was under the radar, uh, and for that reason, Tampa Bay. A lot of people didn't see them as the complete team that they were. They they were the Kansas City of the NFC. They're they're so balanced. Uh, they've got extraordinary playmakers all over the field, both sides of the ball. And I, I just did not think New Orleans was going to totally. make it past yeah. them. And, you know, and it's, it's strange because New Orleans beat them twice in the regular season. So it was like, you know. Right. And and it's hard. It's really hard to beat the same team twice. It's even harder to beat the same right. team three times. Um, and as you know, Rob, uh, you know, Tom Brady makes it to the playoffs, and it's yeah, a whole man. other. We're gonna be watching game. the last dancer. Fire the cannons <laughs> in a few years uh, on ESPN, you know. So, and I'll just be crying tears of just tears. There, there's no joy. There's no, there's nothing. It's not, there'll be empty, broken tears, you know. Uh, so <laughs> that's what they'll be. Um, Green Bay blew out L.A. Um, I remember that game because Aaron Donald got hurt. And I think it was relatively close right. until he got hurt. Um, and it just goes to show you that Jared Goff isn't a franchise quarterback, and it's clear because he got traded this offseason. So uh, no surprise there, right? Well, what was your right. what was your take uh, before we get AFC Championship game? Because it was a blowout. Uh, we won't spend too much time on that. NFC Championship game, Tampa versus Green Bay. Did you think that was a pass interference? If you remember the play call I'm talking about. Yeah. I Okay. I did not. I did not think it was pass interference. Um, you know, to to really go in depth on it, I'd probably see the replay one more time. But uh, no, I, I think I think the way the referees were calling the game was extremely consistent. Um, if that was pass interference, then there should have been several more flags thrown on both teams. Um, and you know, I, I'm not telling you know, Green Bay fans that they're wrong to be upset or that, that I can't understand that they see it that way. It's it's a pitfall of being extremely emotionally supportive of your team. Uh, you know, these these penalties, whether they're called or not called, they, they do impact the game. Um, it's impossible to say, unless it's the last play, 
whether or not it was going to literally make that difference. Um, Cause anything, anything other than the last play of the game, you have to, it's all speculation as to what would happen next. Um, and these, these sorts of calls or non-called penalties, they happen mm-hmm. throughout the game. Um, because if they had been, if they had been calling that type of penalty the entire game, there would have been other Tampa and Green Bay drives that that would have gone the other direction. Um, so you really do have to take the word of someone with a third-person perspective. And the general consensus, I'm not saying that I'm not biased against Green Bay. I'm not going to try to deny that. But the general consensus is they, they did – Call a consistent. You think game. Kevin King will ever be able to step foot in Green Bay ever again? You know he plays for. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's difficult not to get upset with somebody. And they, you know, um, the fans never met him. They don't know anything about him. They, you know, it's, it's... no, no. I, I think I think uh, when it comes to a player like that, hopefully he can just let that drive him, find a new find a new level to his game. And, uh, you know, okay. I wish him the best. You hear that? Uh, Trevor wishes the best, Kevin King, wherever you are out there and, uh, radio land, <laughs> you have, uh, <laughs> condolences on your behalf and, and maybe a, a card in the mail. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, Kansas city, Buffalo blowout. Kansas city just, was just the better team that Sunday. I thought here's my, here's my opinion. Being an AFC guy again, um, you know, you're going to get great analysis this season because Trevor's straight up NFC. I'm as about as AFC as you can be. So you're going to have, you're just going to have really un, unbiased, really good analysis when it comes to the games this season and these conferences. Uh, I thought Buffalo, man, I, I thought Josh Allen had been really lifted up by, um, by the, his offensive coordinator. Uh, and he was in Kansas city and I'm sorry. I, it's, it's, he's, his name is now just blanked my mind. Uh, Coordinator, let's see, Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, Badal, uh, uh, I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sorry, uh, Dable, Brian Dable, um, excellent offense coordinator, right up is Tim Stefanski, one of the best offensive minds in the league, and Matt LaFleur, I thought he got exposed. I thought I thought the game plan was terrible. No, I, 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 thought mean, they, I thought Buffalo had a really good chance in that game because Kansas City's defense isn't very good, and Josh Allen came in, crapped his pants. You know, and, and Brian Dable didn't right, prepare him for anything, right. and it was an extremely conservative game plan, and um, didn't hardly took any shots down the field. And I thought that's that's exactly what Brady did in the Super Bowl. And where was that? You know, in the AFC Championship game. Right. Well, and I think uh, I think Kansas City is a really special team, and there's there's really only one way to beat them, and even then, it's not you 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 have to play. You have to play four quarters of defense against a team like Kansas City. They can be down 21 points in the fourth quarter, and you cannot let your foot off the gas against that Kansas City offense. And what I saw in that game against Buffalo is that the Buffalo defense, after all but shutting out Baltimore, only allowing Baltimore three points, they they let Kansas City Mm -hmm. run all over them. Um, and you know you you can't beat Kansas City if they're scoring 38 right. points. Um, it's just I, I mean looking at the the draft, I, Cleveland was the only team to score more points in a game, and that was right. against Pittsburgh. Um, so you know Kansas City scores 38 points. That's going to be tough for any team to beat them. And Buffalo's offense, I think, really you know they they didn't completely you know check out they scored 24 points but they needed their defense in that game and sure. it just wasn't sure. there yeah moving on to super bowl <laughs> 55 uh I, god i mean right. good grief <laughs> i i you know i i wanted a tampa bay victory who didn't i never would have imagined i never would have imagined that they never find the end mm-hmm. zone um Kansas City without a single touchdown. Thirty-one nine. Uh, that that's that's just absolutely and I mean, and then you know it's it's a Tom Brady team and when your defense plays at that level, the offense isn't right. going to let you down. Um and and they did, I mean thirty-one to nine. Yeah. Holy shit! Oh. <laughs> Pardon me. 
But uh, sure. that's just absolutely, absolutely unpredictable. I mean, nobody, nobody would have thought that they could beat them by twenty-two points. In the blowout. Um, start, start to finish. Yeah, I mean, and you know, some people might have been disappointed with that. I, I, I found it very entertaining. Um, you know, I, I was really hope, I was really expecting a close hard game that would come down to just you know one or two point victory uh and instead it was like man it just i mean if tampa bay was your team in that game and for me they were it it just seems like it could never never stop getting better uh you couldn't believe the success that they were having especially on defense you're like i i mean you get to the fourth quarter and they still haven't scored a touchdown you're like how how is this happening I mean, two two injured offensive tackles for Kansas City. Uh, I mean, just they, they just tore, yeah. they tore they tore that offense up, and you know Mahomes was running for his life. Well, Man, that I mean, guy probably ran more than than uh, Forrest Gump. You know, <laughs> like dude, he was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I I also feel like the Tampa Bay secondary yeah. played one of the best games yeah. I've ever seen. John, yeah. uh, they they were just amazing. John right. Murphy punting, Anton Winfields. Um, they had yeah. I, the this other safety, Carl Davis, I think, of the other safety is. Um, just, I mean, you know, when you it's and it's weird because, you know, we we wouldn't synonymously. You know, say that okay. Tampa Bay's got a great front office, but Jason Light, also from New England, by the way, you know, was in the New England system. He right, <laughs> you know, a little, little uh, shameless <laughs> plug here, right? I got to get something. I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't do anything, so I might as well say, yeah, the GM is from New England. You know that? Yeah, well, we made him. It's our guy. We won the Super Bowl too. We 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 deserve a ring. <laughs> we'll take a seventh one. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, he, I mean, he really did draft really well. Put he, Jason Pierre-Paul is a free agent signing. The three guys, as mentioned, were all drafted. Um, you know, uh, I mean, that the Devin White, uh, Devin White was incredible. I was saying, Devin White yeah. and Levante David in you know their yeah. linebackers right. played their asses right. off. It, no, they did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and Dominican Sue, you know, I, I mean, a little under under the radar signing, um, big guy under the radar, you know. Uh, no, and I mean, yeah. Indomitian Sue, you know, he had his, he had his troubles. Uh, to his credit, his troubles were always right. on the field, um, and and it's it's easy from an armchair mm-hmm. to lose sight of the intensity, especially in right. the trenches. Um, it's you know those guys they they play with emotion, and it's not always easy to put the cork right. back in the bottle after the mm-hmm. after the whistle's blown. But uh, he's been a special player his whole career, and the trick is to, you know, put him on a squad where they're going to get the most out of him. And, uh, you know, we, we've we seen some of that from time to time, but we certainly saw it with Tampa Bay. I mean, the guy was consistent. Um, and and he's, he's finally I, – I mean, he's finally reaching uh, the accomplishments that – were almost a foregone conclusion for him right. when he was drafted. You know, he was he was a Heisman runner-up, uh, and uh, and then he just kind of languished in Detroit for a long time. And now, uh, you know, he's made it to the big right. show and got the win. Yeah, of course, Tom Brady. Um, yeah. yeah, moving on. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> this, oh. this guy, this, this guy. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, uh, all homegrown guys, and Scotty Miller, slot receiver, almost like Edelman role. Guy caught a what a 50, 45 yard touchdown pass on left left hand sideline against Kevin King in the NFC Championship game. You know, at the end of the second half, you know, and had a big game in the Super Bowl. You know, it was a seventh round pick. So it's you know, it, once again, it's just it goes to show you they they built the team from back to end. Excuse me, from front front to back. Um, and they, I mean, they deservedly won the Super Bowl, and 100 million people in the in the world watched it. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, in America watched it. Excuse right. me. You know, so it's it, it was yeah. I mean, it was everything you could have wanted from you know a Tom Brady win in the Super Bowl. 
you know, you've played a flawless game. The defense, you know, never there was never any doubt they're going to win that game. You watched the first drive, you knew they were going to win that game. <laughs> you know, and Gronk. How can you forget Gronk? I forgot Gronk for a second. I mean, I really, I, I don't want him. I mean, <laughs> Gronk. You know, what the hell? Well, I mean, there's there's so much right. to mention. Uh, uh, Leonard yeah. Fournette. I don't know if no. you've mentioned him yet, but he had an incredible. Uh, even just the yeah. playoff run, uh, Leonard Fournette yeah. was a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, Closing thoughts on the 2020 season. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say, right? Yeah, you just raise a glass to it. Okay, it's over. <laughs> it's over with. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was, you know, given whatever what we went through, everybody went through in, in this country, and the things that we continue to go through in sports and what have you, it was probably as good as a season they could have had. You know, I, no, I, I, yeah, I think it. I mean, looking back on on everything to do with with the pandemic and and what it was at that time, uh, it's it's a little unbelievable that we got all the football that we did, uh, that it wasn't, uh, a bigger clown show right. than it was. Um, so it's, uh, it's impressive. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, speaking for myself and people like me, um, we, uh, we needed that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and, you know, everybody was dealing with something, if not more than one thing, um, I, I definitely, it was definitely one of those seasons where I was kind of checking in and out, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't micromanage my fantasy team as, as well as I usually do. Um, there, there are just too many other important things to deal with, but it was really nice to have football there. And, and then it only got better by the time we got to the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. it was just a lot right. of fun. And some great, some really great football. Can't agree more, man. It was. I mean, and you know, like, it, it, it's weird. And I don't know if the athletes, like, because of the situation, like, they played to a higher level than they usually did. Because if you watch the bubble in the NBA, the bubble in the NHL and MLB, I mean, those were all fantastic playoff, you know, series and mm-hmm. Um, experiences to watch as a fan. And so, like, the NFL just... You know, seeing it, you know, football's ingrained in America as much as anything, you know. Um, and so seeing it on the field and being part of just being able to watch it again kind of gave you some sense of normalcy that there was some some ounce of, you know, normalcy in our in our lives once again. Although everything else may have been chaotic and then we had the election, da, da, da. you know, it was just at least you could turn on a game on Sunday at one o'clock on the East Coast, you know, 11 o'clock over here. You know, and watch something to keep your mind off something. You know, it just—it was just—it was—it was interesting. Could have done without the, the crowd noise being piped in, but I don't run the NFL. I just run a podcast, <laughs> and I just sit here and Monday morning quarterback everything. So, what are you, what are you gonna do? I, right. Just here to you know poke holes and crap and pretend I know what I'm talking about. So, uh, anywho, uh, so that's our 2020 recap. It went a little longer than we wanted to, but I think it was pretty pretty good. So. Yeah, and time always flies right. when we're doing this, and uh, yeah, in, in a terms lot of, of brevity, uh, hopefully we'll stick to an hour next time. Um, and uh, <laughs> next episode, next uh, whenever week or what have you, whenever it comes out, I'm looking at uh, recapping the 2021 off season. Uh, whether we can get the draft included in there is kind of uh, up in the air at this point because it was probably one of the wilder, wildest off seasons you'll probably ever see in any sport ever. More money spent ever. Um, the salary cap got lowered. People <laughs> yeah. went crazy. Bob Kraft, uh, you know, took his pants off for a bunch of players, and uh, so did I. And uh, they're still off. So, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, and I think it's gonna be fun to talk about. What do you think? Oh, I, I I'm very much yeah. looking forward to it. There's a lot to get yeah. into. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. football in general, man. <laughs> you know, that's what we're talking about here. It's just football you know, there's no general. there's no kinks. There's no. Uh, you know, there's no, no massages. Like I said, the, the feet up around the desk. There's uh, hardly any grab ass. I mean, there was some, but, you know, you have that. 
Um, so, um, yeah, so that's how your schedule is going to be. Of course, we're going to start an Instagram here. So just follow us on Instagram, probably football at football in general. I'm sure there'll be a Twitter and you, you know, Trevor will be coming with heat on the Twitter comments. So, uh, if you like controversy and, um, a, a man, uh, and with a beard, uh, attacking other men with beards who probably live in their, in their mother's basement, then tune in the Twitter. Uh, I think you'll get a really good. <laughs> a, right. a really good exercise of your, your cheek muscles you know if you know what i mean so any closing <laughs> thoughts my friend uh only that that's uh it's been way too long I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing this again it's always a fun time so uh you know thanks again for having thanks for having us so we'll catch you uh nimrods right i had to throw it in there on the uh on the flip <laughs> side so football in general out